Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 76 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by Ben Husong. Ben Husong is joining us remotely again today. Mr. Husong, how was your weekend? Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for uh, taking the time so. out of your day to enlighten the, the me and the audience here. So, uh, oh, I don't. Enlightens a strong word. Uh, let's go with mildly entertained. Kind of like mild, like the Omicron virus. We'll get there. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, un- uneventful weekend for me. Uh, not really a, a, a high caliber sports weekend for 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 any of our teams. I feel like SU took a whooping in a couple places, and uh, my Steelers uh, continue to try to make an effort to get into your bottom five. Hopefully, at some point by the end of the year, they will be glorified in your weakest five or whatever you title your worst five teams in the NFL because they're f- quickly approaching that. So, well, yeah, that before we get one. into that, was one of the ones that made me embarrassed. The Bills lost to them. <clears throat> yeah, you should be. I said that week one. And I knew I could see what was coming. I'm not sure how they've actually won five games. But um, before we get into the NFL, uh, make sure that you guys, everybody out there in the lovely audience, the beautiful audience that we do have here at Sports Clicks and Politics, make sure to uh, like this video, share this video out onto all your uh, social media accounts there, and uh, send it along to some family and friends who might get uh, a kick out of this. we got quite a quite a... Regular show topics to cover here, Mr. Husong, today. The litany is uh, a lot of repeat, a lot of uh, similar or part two, part three, part four updates of uh, some certain stories here. So before we do that, uh, let's touch a little bit about uh, the NFL. Uh, The Bills got a win, yeah? Yes, they did. Thanksgiving Day win, yeah? Oh, yeah. Made the holiday all the more enjoyable. We didn't really talk about Thanksgiving. So did you have turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and all that stuff or no? Of course. Yeah, I did my Thanksgiving even, on Saturday, but did the same thing. Is it even Thanksgiving if you don't have those foods? Yeah, fair point. I mean, literally the checklist starts with turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, and gravy, right? And then after there, kind of everybody var- varies a little bit. But, yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. Then you get you get into some odd ones that people insist they're like, macaroni and cheese is not a Thanksgiving food. I, I, I mean, don't I can eat macaroni and cheese literally on every day, so I'll eat it on Thanksgiving too, but... That's fine, but let's not pretend like this is a Thanksgiving. What about green beans? Uh, green beans, no. I, if, <laughs> if it's green bean casserole, I'll give it to you. But green beans, no. What about like, green bean almondine? What? <laughs> that was our side dish here at, at Saturday Thanksgiving here. Green beans almondine. It's a uh, green beans uh, sautéed and a little bit of uh, onion and sl- slivered almonds. And some thyme, a little red pepper flake. It was good. I was told. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God bless you. Well, now that we've covered Thanksgiving sides, can we get back to the Bills? Yeah, it was a good win. Um, they, they weren't perfect. Uh, bad news: they lost Tre'Davious White for the season. It's not ideal. It's a very, very excellent cornerback. Um, but it, the, the Saints didn't have Jameis Winston. They didn't have. Um, What's his name? Uh, Taysom Hill. They didn't have uh, Mark. Trevor Simeon Ingram. they had. They had a Trevor they did Simeon. They Trevor Simeon. They didn't have Alvin Kamara. Like, 
they obviously still don't have Michael Thomas. So it's one of those ones that you're like, all right, you better win this game. <laughs> Otherwise, this let's just call the season over. If you can't yeah. beat this team, then it's it's probably good. And uh, Josh Allen's streak has come to an end, and he threw his first red zone interception of his career this loser season. Thanksgiving. He's such a loser. Listen, so, I think what, Bills fans everywhere were do, a little relieved he did it. Just got it out of the way. Relieved is probably the wrong word. But do, how do you feel? Do you feel comfortable now that you're looking up at the New England Patriots again? <laughs> <laughs> no. How are they in first place? I don't know. They've had a ridiculous schedule. I'm going to go with that. Okay. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going right. to chalk it up to that. Not that the Bills has been markedly harder. It's just the, the Patriots has been easier. Yeah. Any any other uh, takeaways other than the Steelers stink and the Bills got a uh, win that they should have win and somehow they're behind the Patriots again? All things right yeah. in the world or something like that. No. I, it, listen, the Cowboys keep finding ways to lose and it's depressing. Um, the Packers still Falcons look really good to me. Stink. I know Packers you, are really good. You weren't you weren't sold early on, but I feel like they're they might be the team. Uh, it's possible. You know who I was wrong on was the Rams. Holy goodness! Yeah, I mean, obviously they uh, got Odell, so maybe that'll. I mean, they, they yeah, but it has the best. So like, I can't. I can't. I mean, they played the Packers. They played the best team. They lost. It's hard for me to ridicule them too much, but um, no, I get it. I just I was much higher on the Rams. I was like insisting that they should be at least considered for your top five, and I I was wrong. They were probably in there at least one week. I feel like, but now they're seven and four. Yeah. Not so much. No, they've just been they've been very pedestrian. I still think they'll be a dangerous team for anybody to play in the playoffs. Yeah, if they can get Odell up to speed, you know, their their running back is decent, Henderson, and like you said, Stafford's playing probably this. You know, I don't know about fantasy or stat wise, whatever you want to label it. But I mean, this is probably the first time where he's probably felt he's been on a team where it's like, Oh my God, I might actually be able to win some things here. Like I'm, I'm actually, yeah. you know, optimistic. I mean, even when you're in the lions, it, when you were winning games and making, it probably made the playoffs. I think twice, I think maybe they did, but I, think maybe that's right. I don't even know, but either way, they couldn't have felt too confident either way when they were entering the playoffs. Like we're not going to win. This is just fun to be here. But the Rams, I feel like that team is uh, probably something. So I don't know. We'll see what happens to them in the future. I think they're, they're, they're not my top five by any means, but they're they're still a, a a high upside playoff team. I feel like. Yeah, think about how bad I wouldn't give Lions up on them so much are. so quickly. The, like the Lions are bad. Yeah, like, no. I historically, I mean, they had they had Matthew Stafford with Calvin Johnson for the better part of a decade. Couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, they had Barry Sanders. They didn't do anything either. Oh my God, that's true. Is there? What organization has wasted more perennial talent than the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to do some uh, recon on that. But I mean, the Jets waste a lot of talent. The Bills never had much talent to waste, to be yeah, fair. Nobody wants to go to Buffalo. Uh, but, yeah, they want to go to Detroit. Yeah, at least it's indoors. That's fair. All right. So any other things uh, of note strike out in the uh, NFL Week 12 here? Or do you want me to rattle off? My, my top five are pretty mundane. I'm going to... Put your patriot, my Patriots in the in the top five just to spite you. But. Oh, don't be that guy. Oh, they're in. Oh, they took out the, the Titans. You're the worst. All right, go ahead. Card- we'll see. Packers stay number one, followed by the Cardinals. Do they play tonight or are they uh, off this week? Do you remember who who's, who plays tonight? Do you know? I can probably Seahawks know. play the Washington football team tonight. Oh, that's terrible. Holy crap! Really? That's the Monday night game. That is the Monday night game. Wow. What do they got? Combined. Combined seven wins. Nice. Um, Packers, Cardinals. I 
liked what I saw of the Buccaneers yesterday. I'm putting Buccaneers with a bullet back up to number three. I think they had fallen out of my top five uh, two weeks ago, but they're back in it. Um, I have the New England Patriots at number four. Winners of six in a row. Hottest team in the NFL. Mac Jones, right? Is that his name? Bill Belichick? That's his name. Is Bill Belichick still there? Yes. Sweet. And then I'm going to round out that uh, top five with the new addition, the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. Another team who's oh, won a couple games in a the row. Ravens are back in. Yeah. They started, figured out their defense a little bit. You know, I figured they would at some point, but mixing it up. A lot of parody again. I mean, a lot, lot of teams between eight and four, seven and four, like six and five. I mean, there's like 10, 12 teams there. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I, I, I still have my doubts on the Patriots, and I think a lot of that comes to. So do literally. I. But I wanted to. I, if I was ever going to give a shot to give them in the top five, this is it. So here they are. I got you. I, I don't think they're a top five team. I think that they are. They're having a good run right now, but yeah. they also the the most noteworthy wins they have are the Derrick Henry less. Uh, Titans, which is still an okay team, but it's not the same thing as beating the Titans with Derrick Henry. No, they're they're on the downside for sure. Even at eight the, and four, the they're... Browns, and I think the only other game, the only other team they've beat. There's only one other team with a winning record that they've beat. Like everything else is that they beat the Jets twice. So, like so, have they played the Bills yet? Or you still got two of those games coming up? Play next Monday, and then uh, about two or three weeks after that, nice. they play again. This is me. Must see. So TV. let me just. Let me clarify this statement as I'm as I'm saying I'm not I'm not a believer in the the Patriots are that good. I think that we're all <laughs> overhyping them. I also think that the Bills are not that good either. I'm not saying like the Patriots shouldn't be there and put the Bills in. I'm just saying it gotcha. seems the, the Patriots are are overhyped. Is this like the opposite opinion. of a uh, rising uh, tide lifts all boats kind of thing? Everybody's sinking, and so like there's like well we're all just not that good. So like whatever happens I, happens. Yeah, kind of. But I think that people want the Patriots to be what they were, and I think you you're asking for a lot. Don't you want a Patriots Buccaneers Super Bowl? Come on, not even a little. Listen, I, <laughs> I as a Bills fan, I literally had to sit here. Well, every other year in Tom Brady's career, he went to the Super Bowl. Like that is unbelievable. Yeah, well, he has a higher percentage of going to Super Bowls than Steph Curry shooting threes. Yeah, that's insane. No, listen. He's, he's the greatest, unfortunately. So, um, all right. Do you want to sock us with your bottom gutter five or whoever, whatever the term you're using today, this week, or whatever? I don't know if I have a term for it necessarily. Shitty? Yeah, just like they are the, the bad teams, the worst teams. I've got it. I've only got four. I think because okay. once you get into that, it's just way too spinning hairs. Yeah, it's a, like I couldn't come up with it. I, I don't even know that the Falcons belong necessarily clearly above, but I, I went with them anyway because they're like my favorite team to pick on this year. They just keep getting more and more creative with how they lose football games. Yeah, so they, they're Except they fourth. won this week. I know. That's why I, I don't even think I could put them in, but like I'm going to because they still stink. And I know there's teams that are probably worse, but it's your five. It's your five, Mr. Hughesong. You own it. It's my five. All right. Well, then the next time, the one above that. You can is even put the, the Patriots Jaguars. in there. I mean, I might put the Patriots <laughs> in there. Um, the Jaguars are the next. 
then the Jets, then the Texans, and then, of course, the Steeler tying Detroit Lions. Yeah, I would put the Steelers, actually, in the bottom five. They're terrible. Literally terrible. I, yeah, I probably could swap the Falcons. That's what I mean. Like That's why I was hesitant to even go with the Falcons, because it's a it, you could intermix 10 other teams in there, and I couldn't tell you you were wrong. I still can't believe they beat the Bills. I can't. So did the Jaguars, so apparently it's just what that team Yeah, all right, well. All right, so let's let's touch on another uh, sports story here that we haven't really talked about, and not that I can't find another reason why we would, but women's tennis, anyone? Obviously. Um, are you familiar with Peng Shui? She is a... Uh, I am, now. She, <laughs> she is a Chinese tennis star. Uh, she has also Obviously. been critical or came out as uh, basically on a social media post. I think it's called... Weibo over there. Do you remember what it's called over there? It's like the Facebook of China. It's like it's called. I Weibo. believe it is Weibo. Real um, quick, yeah. Critical might not be the most apt description for what happened, but I'm curious to see where you're going with this. <laughs> so, she penned a little tell-all on Weibo, uh, the Chinese Facebook, and basically said that she has had a relationship. I think was the translated word but also was uh, the subject of uh, sexual assault by the vice president of China, I believe it was. I don't know if it's the vice president, but it's the number two guy. Yeah, he's way up there. Maybe number two, maybe that's what he is, the vice chair of the CCP. I don't know. He's a high-ranking CCP official. Yeah. And that post lasted all about 15 minutes and then was uh, taken down, as was all of her social media accounts simultaneously. And then she was unseen for, I don't know, like 10, 12 days. Um, People were wondering, uh, players were asking, uh, some of the most popular, famous, you know, tennis men's and women's players in the world are basically saying, where's Peng Shui? Um, They trotted her out for an interview with the IOC, which seems to have a lot of connections with the CCP. Um, really the only, the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, is the only one even questioning anything um, because they paraded her out basically saying, here she is, look at her, she's signing tennis balls at a kid's camp or something. Um, but I don't think that the people who are paying attention to this closer than more closely than we are, uh, are satisfied with the idea that she's still okay. So, China back in the news here, now making a way into uh, sports here. Uh, maybe kidnapping slash uh, something with their tennis star, Peng Shui? What do you think? Yeah, see, that's that's what I mean. Like, I don't want to call that, say that she was critical of, of the CCP. Like, she accused the guy of raping her. Like, yeah, well, it was... It, it was I, multiple times, too. This wasn't like this was a, yeah, a series of things. Like, and that's that's not... Not great. And then China being China naturally just pulled her off. And then the entirety of the United States. She was canceled. Literally. Yeah, she got canceled for real. Like, yeah. <laughs> holy goodness. Um, and then, of course, our, our very liberal minded media immediately took to the streets and started demanding that every that we should boycott China and that we should stand up for women's rights. And me, too. I'm just kidding. None of that, happened, that happened at all. We just. We just pretended like she, some some it, players have actually floated the idea because the uh, what is it the Winter Olympics are going to be in Beijing, so yeah. I feel like there is some uh, hey, if, you know we're not satisfied with the outcome of this. Uh, there could be some ramifications for the uh, Beijing Winter Olympics. So I don't know. I just I found it uh, emerging of geopolitical and sports here, and I thought it would be interesting to uh, keep an eye on where is Peng Shui. I guess that hashtag was uh, trending for a little while, so I don't know until. Uh, President Z got a hold of it. Maybe that's why Jack Dorsey resigned. 
I mean, it's probably I don't not. know why Jack Dorsey's resigned, <laughs> but it's not going to be good for Twitter. No, I know it's not going to be. All right. Um, it's, it's not going to be good for people that like freedom of speech yeah, on I can't, Twitter. I can't imagine that goes well. So, uh, no. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit and still talk about China, but now let's bring in our boy Hunter Biden. Obviously. So I think I sent you this. Did you see that? I'm going to read this, this first paragraph here. An investment firm founded by Hunter Biden assisted a Chinese company in purchasing one of the world's richest cobalt mines from an American company for $3.8 billion, helping the conglomerate gain a massive share of the key metal used to making electric car batteries. So, President, I'll read one more little bit here. President Sun was one of three Americans who joined Chinese partners in establishing the Bohai Harvest RST Equity Investment Fund, a lot of words, management company, more words, or BHR, in 2013. So apparently this company that uh, your boy Hunter Biden founded and ran and uh, used his name to uh, cozy up with some of his other boys, the Chinese, and uh, decided to facilitate a sale of the one of the richest cobalt mines in the world here. So energy guru Hunter Biden strikes at it again here uh, with the uh, cobalt mining. World-renowned artist. I mean, he is. I mean, he is immersed in the energy, right? So, I mean, listen, what do we do with this world guy? World-renowned artist, energy extraordinaire, as far as consultants go. Um, what else do we got for his titles? Pharmaceutical aficionado. Yeah, I think we can safely say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, amateur. Can't wait, can't wait till we find that second laptop. Starter. And Thai masseuse enthusiast so this kind of goes back to the idea that uh you know we were talking about and everybody a lot of people have been talking about how hunter has basically used his last name to facilitate his own for personal wealth to the tune of probably billions of dollars at this point um facilitating all those uh renaissance man activities that he partakes in uh because his bankroll is gigantic so i don't know i guess just more uh labeling of this is the uh Ter- most terrible human being on the planet, Hunter Biden. Is that possible? I mean, it's possible, but it's not likely. Until we get to the Maxwell's end of the show, until we get to the end of the show. Yeah, until we get to the end of the show, he's pretty awful. Um, and he's pretty awful on his own right. Don't get me wrong, but that that's a different level that we'll talk about later. Um, I, it, it's really, really depressing. Like when you start looking into what is required for all of this. And I mean, specifically mining cobalt in African countries is horrific work. And it's oftentimes done as slave labor and forced child labor. And I mean, it, it's really, really awful, awful work. Um, and it, I remember reading into this at one point pre Hunter Biden and and him facilitating China buying, uh, the, the mine, of just what it went into it and what was for you to have a cell phone, like what had to happen. And I, I read, I don't remember where the article is. I'll see if I can dig it up. But I just like, I finished reading it. I set it down and I was like, is it possible for me to not have a phone? I don't want to be a part of this. Like, could I get by in my life without owning a cell phone at this point? Could I do my job? Could I do all this? And the answer was no, I can't realistically, but it was, Depressing to say the least. Yeah. Well, but like at least said, China owns the biggest firm now, so I'm sure they'll introduce all yeah, types all. of new humanitarian measures. Yeah, we'll all be better off, I'm sure. So, 
Or Hunter Biden, back in back in the news. We're still waiting for that second laptop. Can't wait for that to happen. At oh least, yeah, at least the second laptop. Who knows how many there are? Actually, I guess. But all right, can we talk about that for a quick second? About I just just for anybody who was unaware of like they stole that laptop from him. And they literally had to clear an entire party out of a hotel room because they were convinced he had drowned in a hotel bed, hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> he was laying face down in a hot tub for like an hour. And then he just popped up and was like, what's happening? He is uh, a superhero. He's, He's a superhero of all superheroes. He's a supervillain. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Let's, uh, speaking of supervillains. Uh, oh, boy. Bill Gates. So I want to give, uh, who is this? Mint Press News. They wrote this article. They put together all this uh, information here. I found it quite entertaining. I think I shared this with you. So um, documents show Bill Gates has given $319 million to media outlets. So $319 million to media outlets. This is uh, the philanthropist and uh, uh, world-saving saint Bill Gates. $319 million to media outlets. Now, this was done through... Uh, grants, and the grants came with uh, certain stipulations to get the money. You had to cover certain topics in a certain way. So, I don't know. Let's talk about, I mean, some of the stuff, you know, it seems mundane, uh, you know, depending on, you know, gender equities, you know, he's talking about if you want to write a story about that, you get something. But some of the stuff that I feel like is probably most pertinent is this, the, the stipulations of writing about health issues, Mr. Hughesong. So, Bill Gates gave money to news outlets to write articles about health issues that he was promoting, basically. So, do we think that those articles were done uh, objectively? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Let me give just a quick list of some of the media organizations that are on this list, and I'll leave some of that. So NPR, $24 million, 20, almost $25 million. The Guardian, $13 million. Um, let's see here, Der Spiegel, uh, $5.5 million. Uh, like some local one, WETA, I think that's uh, in Los Angeles, $4.5 million. NBC Universal, $4 million. Uh, BBC, $3 million. CNN, $3 million. KCET, no, that's the one that's in L.A. So there's a couple even local, based, I'm sure they're big, like Chicago, New York, uh, L.A. Uh, things. Sure. So I say local, but they're, they're big local. Um, so these are basically, I mean, but Al Jazeera, ProPublica, uh, PBS, Gannett. I mean, there's a long, there's a list of like 50 news medias here. I'm not going to read them all. Um, you guys can check out the link in the description to... Uh, read the whole article and check out the list. But that's not all, Mr. Hughesong. Not just directly to media outlets. He also donated to uh, investigative journalism centers. Totaling oh it. And this was about, of the $319 million, this all accumulated to $319 million. $38 million. Some of it went to the International Center of Journalists. Um, the Pulitzer Center of Crisis Reporting. So not only was he directly funding news organizations, he was directly funding journalists who would report on certain things. Um, also some organizations like the Education Writers Association, the National Newspapers Public Association, each got $6 million or $3 million, depending on what's the National Press Foundation got $2 million. Washington News Council got 700000 So he has spread out his wealth, and I'm not done, to, I want to say, cover his ass. But here, how about a couple... Uh, uh, 
Johns Hopkins University, Columbia University, Cal Berkeley. These are all to the journalism programs for these uh, schools. Um, also, Seattle University, uh, Rhodes University. We have uh, the World Health Organization also got money here. I mean, he basically funded everything that was reporting on anything where he could get his angle paid into, uh, played into the, the narrative. So, Mr. Hughesong, it must be nice to be Bill Gates. I mean, yeah. You can just buy sure. the media ex- the, the coverage that you want. I mean, obviously, he's the richest guy in the world, or what, second or third, or whatever he is now, but um, who's counting zeros at this point? He can literally do yeah. anything he wants, and he's basically buying the, he's buying the media coverage that he wants. Well, he couldn't buy his marriage to stay together. Hey-o. Hey. Uh, we'll get back to that later at the end yeah, of the ho- show. Hopefully. Um, yeah. It's just I mean, this wrong. is troubling, right? I mean, th- I mean, yeah. th- there should be a, some kind of a disconnect here. I mean, it should be, I got, you know, you'd think that okay, I, I on on the surface, like okay, we need to donate to media and that or whatever. But if you're, it should be no no strings attached reporting, if anything, and it's probably not a good thing even there because no. you're probably just not going to get the donations if you, if you report against anything Bill Gates doesn't want you to. So, um, I mean, listen, I find it very very disturbing. I, I, I think here's the the fundamental question or concern that I have looking at this is just to say, all right, that's obviously red flags. If you just looked at this in a vacuum and said you got a very famous, very wealthy person, very involved in international affairs, very involved in international health affairs, um, and is giving away millions of dollars to the you know objective media to report, and is helping them determine what stories to write, then that's, those are red flags. So you, you want to look at the guy and be like, all right, are you beyond reproach? I think we can all comfortably say no when it comes to Bill Gates. He is not beyond reproach from a moral, ethical, or, I mean, even a humanitarian basis. Like, he's not. So you, if you start looking into the things of what they've done on those vaccine experiments in Africa, and I don't mean COVID vaccines, I mean like other vaccines that they've been experimenting on in Africa for decades, and people have died. Um, you look at his involvement with uh, funding some research that has gone, let's go with very questionable. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he involved in, in donating to the Beagle Torture Fund that Anthony Fauci had approved? I mean. Was that... Not shocking. I thought that they were they had sent money in on that study as well, but I I could be mistaken. My my bad, Bill. If you if you missed that one, um, so I, I guess it's what do you need to start doubting this guy? Like what what would you have to see out of him? What would it take for people to when he opens his mouth just go? No, I'm just not listening to you. Shut up. I mean, listen. I think that crowd's as big as it's ever been. So I'd like to take some, you know, comfort knowing that he's being exposed pretty much on a daily basis here as not a uh, humanitarian philanthropist, uh, goodwill nerd sweater guy kind of thing, that he's actually probably an evil piece of crap. So, um, I don't know. He's just, again, hopefully over the next few weeks, uh, he'll maybe that will be become uh, more and more uh, prevalent a discussion for, for different reasons. But um, right now, his reasons are that He's basically buying the coverage that he wants, and that's convenient that, uh, I don't know, we'll see what happens with that divorce slash uh, uh, 
slash Jeffrey Epstein uh, side discussion here we're, we're going to have with Bill Gates, I guess. But let's let's switch a little bit to talk about COVID. Um, our one and only, or not our favorite topic, but uh, one from necessity. So I came across an article, just a random article. This is nothing uh, like nothing news shattering in the article, other than I'm just going to read it. The new number of New COVID-19 infections confirmed in Japan on Monday totaled 50, the lowest daily figure in 2021. For the first time, the number hit 50 or lower since June 22, 2020. So that's 50 total cases in the country of Japan. So I found that interesting only because they were in the middle of a big surge uh, at the end of, I guess, the end of summer, early fall, where they started seeing a spike and uh, like probably mid-August. And then we'll just note that and now, <clears throat> I will, I will, for uh, objective sake, say that this contention is contested. The idea that so, like, there is a um, uh, a press conference that came, and there was a uh, doctor. Let me see if I can find his name here. Um, I don't have it here, but he's the. Oh no, here it is. Uh, H a r u o Harao Ozaki. He's the chairman of the Tokyo Metropolitan Medical Association. I'm assuming that's a. a a decent deal. I don't know anything about Tokyo Metropolitan Medical Association, but um, for the sake of argument, that's his title. He's the chairman. So he's in charge of something. And his quote was, now is the time for to, to use ivermectin. And so this was uh, when he came out. Uh, so this is what I would say is contested. So some people say that's not what he said, but like they never actually say what he said. They just say he didn't say the translation that I'm reading. So I'm not sure. They said he said it, but even two days ago, yeah, Forbes came out basically said no. Japan didn't uh, uh, get saved by ivermectin, and then when you read the article, they don't actually say what he said that's any different than what I'm reading here. So the quote is: "Now is the time to use ivermectin," said Chairman of Tokyo Metropolitan Medical Association, and he goes out. And so this was August 19th, but so on August 13th was when. Japan supposedly had basically reduced the restrictions of doctors, medical staff, of using ivermectin, that they could do that if, if they wanted to uh, on their own. And so, coinkydink, 12 days later, they peak out, and they've basically down to 50. And that article that I read to you uh, was dated November 22nd, and they've basically been at 50, below 50 for basically almost a week now. So... Large spike in COVID cases. Ivermectin's introduced. 12 days later, it peaks. And there's basically all but uh, less than 100 cases two weeks after that. So more, at least anecdotal, if not confirmatory, uh, evidence that ivermectin works. Why, why are we still fighting this? I don't understand why this is not just, why are they not just trying? I mean, I know why, but I, it seems as though the outrage should be making this more of a thing. Like, I know we're still winning lawsuits here in the United States. The majority of them are, are still one to, to allow medical freedom and allow people to be used to this. But the fact that it's still being challenged is disturbing, to say the least. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. And I think, I guess here's the thing. I don't, I'm not 100% persuaded that ivermectin is a miracle drug that's curing people of COVID and it's, it's working miracles. I, I, it seems like there's at least a chance. My argument all along continues to be there is such a minimal risk of harm and at least some potential for good. Like, 
if it's not doing good, man, it's a hell of a coincidence when they keep using it and these people keep getting better really fast. Like, it's just a heck of a coincidence. So if you have zero risk and unbelievable upside, why are we not allowing doctors to make that call with their patients and i you know i hear from doctors like i would never prescribe it like cool right i don't i don't care like my thing is not that mine is you should be able to make the decision along with your patient and if your patient really wants it and you just outright refuse then i hope they fire you and go get a new doctor and that's fine like that's the way that this should work um and instead we sit here and pretend like it's toxic and we have er's that can't treat can't treat gunshot victims because there's so many ivermectin poisoning cases turned out to be zero but you know whatever um it's it's just remarkable yeah the count the countermeasures the countermeasures are the story around ivermectin right it's if ivermectin was just a thing like i don't even think it would be that story if people just like oh yeah let's try this whatever and it worked out and okay and like i i don't think it would it would be nice but i don't think it would be portrayed as a miracle drug i don't think like i don't think right now it's just weird that there's such a pushback against it when you point out it's one of the safest drugs ever distributed to mankind so um again the the pushback is the story it's not really the ivermectin being the story i mean that's a if it's beneficial and helps people then obviously it's a huge story but right now the story is the fact that nobody can talk about the story like that's the story which is just crazy yeah, I mean it's it's just so weird of how many how many anecdotal stories do you need to hear? And I get the idea of like, well, we want proof, okay, but it's a pandemic, and this is for whatever reason, and maybe we don't understand exactly why yet. Some people are responding very very well to ivermectin. Maybe it is just the um, placebo effect. I, I don't know, May, or maybe there's some part of their body that we're not understanding why yet, but it's working. And it's causing harm in virtually zero people. Why? Why are we not doing this? Like, if, if this is something where people are there, why would you? Why would you not use it? And I—that's what I still don't grasp, and is right, never going to make. That's, that's full the thing sense. that raises a red flag to me. I wouldn't know anything about ivermectin if there wasn't just this coordinated effort to squash all conversation about it. Right? I mean, I wouldn't have known anything about it if it wasn't for that, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Um, since everybody should know about it. And, you know, let's just uh, piggyback that on. So another thing that turns out that, uh, you know, you weren't allowed to talk to or you got banned or you got, uh, like, Zero Hedge got their Twitter account taken down for months because they suggested that the Wuhan Virology Lab may have leaked the coronavirus or it may have come from a lab and may be a man-made virus. And it turns out, Mr. Hughesong, I think I sent you this. I don't know if I did or not. I'm sorry if I didn't. Uh, leaked U.S. government documents show Wuhan scientists were studying viral strain found in bats, which is near identical to COVID-19 and latest lab leak evidence. So they found a, they found that the Wuhan Institute for, of Virology was studying coronaviruses found in bats from Laos in the months before the outbreak. This is this, and the genetic code is basically 96.8% identical with SARS-CoV-2. Smoking gun, Mr. Hughesong, smoking gun. I mean, listen, I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough, scientifically speaking, to tell you, yes, that's a, it seems like a smoking gun, but it seems that I don't again, smoking guns probably uh, uh, strong, but it 
all of the evidence for anybody still to be like, well, the still the, the most likely it is came from from natural you know mutations. Like, no, it's not. That's not the most likely scenario. The most likely scenario is this thing was leaked from a lab. But the only question is when and if it was done on purpose or not. Right? I mean, that's the only two questions left for, in my mind, anyway. Yeah, and I think here's the other half. We know definitively at this point we were funding gain of function research at the Wuhan Virology Lab through the Eco Health Alliance. Like, it's just the truth. I, Anthony Fauci lied to Congress. There is no, there's no question about that. Well, what does what lied means? Yeah, they, I mean, they're playing this semantics game, which is just wonderful. Um, it, it is reminiscent of Bill Clinton, and it depends on your definition of the word is. is. Um, I, I, I just, for the life of me, I don't know why we're even still debating this. Like, yes, we funded gain-of-function research. We funded some horrific experiments on dogs, on orphans, uh, on God knows what else because we're just tapping into it. And yet people have spent the last two years living under such stress and such fear that they can't come to the conclusion of, hey, Anthony Fauci's a scumbag. He's just not a good person. Sorry. Like, I know that he's your savior and he was your guiding light through all of this. He's not a good person. Like, this is why you don't meet your heroes, because it turns out they suck. Yeah. And he sucks more than most. I mean, they should. people should still yearn to meet me and you, Ben. We're both heroes. We're nobody's heroes. So, yes, people <laughs> should meet us. That, that, let's see, that's why we're okay to be meet with. Yeah, and, and speaking yeah, of the funding, EcoHealth Alliance is right in the middle of this whole thing. So they're the ones who was helping investigate the bat viruses. I mean, that's, that's, that's the company that... Fauci was funding, who was funding, who, and they in turn funded the, the Wuhan uh, Virology Lab. So all, all the, the dots are connected here. It's really just a question about just basically finding out the, the starting point, right? You know, who, who did it and when? I think that's the only thing that's left. I mean, I think that we already know that, though. And I, here's the other part of this. If this wasn't the case and China could come out with the evidence right now that says, Here's the exact structure that followed. We found the animal, et cetera, et cetera. We'd have all that. We don't because it's not how, how it happened. I don't, I'm not sure what to tell you here, guys. It's a, we don't have it because, well, the only evidence that we're missing is, the, is what you said, the, the, the how and the where. The only place that that would be available is through the Communist Party of China. And they have neglected to release it. And in case that wasn't already telling enough that it's, you know, I, I don't want to say uh, infer or uh, implication of guilt just by not coming up with the data that you have that for no good reason have decided not to share. Um, you also decided to have an investigation from the World Health Organization. And you put the guy from EcoHealth Alliance on the investigation team. The guy that already has a vested interest in this cannot possibly come back to us. You let him investigate it. He was the lead investigator. And I'm supposed to go like, yeah, science. 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 All right. Yeah. This is crazy. We are in crazy times. All right. My graphic's not going to work, but we should move on to, let's talk about the uh, Omicron. Is that how I'm saying it right? Have you uh, done any... uh uh, Greek studies in your day and uh, have uh, decided to help me out with uh, the pronunciation. Omicron, is that right? I mean, I think that I have the exact same familiarity with the Greek alphabet as every other college-aged, you know, who was at one point a college-aged male going okay. to parties. All so right. it's so not... I'm going to use Omicron unless, unless somebody corrects me. 
Um, the world is shutting down over the new variant. This is it, right? Everybody's uh, the whole that literally everybody latched on to this variant. Um, I read a let me pull this up here. So I read a statement by the doctor who basically sounded the alarm, if you will, that there was this new variant. Dr. Angelique Kurtzi, uh, or Kurtzi, I can't remember how to pronounce her name. Uh, she's a, again, South African, uh, she's from the South African Medical Association. So she was the first person to kind of, hey, they, uh, let's go backtrack a little bit. So on, I guess November 17th, 18th, they started seeing case, cases being differently. They started noticing that there was a rise after seeing a pretty much flat, you know, plateaued of case thing. They started seeing a, a little bit of a spike. So, and the, the, the people who were getting it were younger. Uh, so this was new to them. Uh, they basically found out that they are dealing with a new variant, the Omicron variant. Uh, on its announcement, the world basically went into panic mode. I'm not sure if this was a direct correlation to the date of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, but uh, I wouldn't put it past the uh, the powers that be to uh, make sure that the there was a new variant ahead of that trial. But here we are. What I found interesting from Dr. Kurtzi, or Kurtzi, uh, she basically, her quote was something like, "Why I, I'm not sure why everybody's up in arms about this uh, variant and that she's only seeing very mild cases, and that was her words, very mild cases. She said they were mostly in young people and that the symptoms were basically headaches and being extremely tired. So, and achy. And achy and body aches. So very mild symptoms, almost no hospitalizations, Younger people, those that Zero we have deaths. seen, no deaths, and we have seen that uh, this has not caused any kind of uh, problems in South Africa. That's just she just acknowledged that there was a new variant. The variant, I don't know, must have been just I don't know. The, must have must have uh, in the target audience group must have rated really well Omicron as a uh, as a scare tactic because the whole world took note, including right here in New York, Mister Hughesong, our governor. The governor, Kathy Hochul, basically falling in line as her predecessor, uh, Andrew Cuomo, they're both tyrants of uh, epic proportion here, decided to put out a, or at least declare a national or a state of emergency for the state of New York. Though we have not had a single Omicron virus uh, detected uh, in the whole state as of right now, but we are uh, in a state of emergency, which basically is somewhat of a theatrical move i think but it allows her to have some uh, additional authority and uh, opens up some resources for her in a in a real sense but here we are we're panicking over another virant that seems to be by all indications mild and everybody recovers from but uh it sounds scary and uh you know they're they're getting breakthrough cases too it's not like it's you know it's 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 things that we've all known about all the other things. And the doctor actually said, she goes, it's so mild that she goes, this has probably been in other countries and nobody even just realized it because it was so mild. And here we are, state of emergency. We're in a clown world, Mr. Hughesong. We're in a clown world. I mean, if there's anybody you want to give more power to, it is the woman who called on us to be her vaccine apostles and told us that the vaccine was straight from God. And that our job was to go and do God's will and tell others about the vaccine. Because that person seems totally well-connected with reality. So we should definitely give her more power. That can only end well. Yeah. I mean, just to, to summarize, if I might, in very, very terse or condensed fashion, there's a new variant. 
It does not seem to be overly present around the world right now, but there are a few areas where it is. It is a milder strain of the virus, causing very little risk of hospitalization and causing a lower risk of death, ostensibly, from what we've seen so far. Now, could that change? Yes, but this is where we are right now. So naturally, what our leaders do is panic, is start slamming the bucket with the shovel, running around telling everybody that we've got to get back in our holes because, oh my God, there's a new variant. And if you're like, well, is this variant more deadly? We don't know. Well, do you have any data on it? Well, yeah, so far, no, but we don't know if that could change. Like, oh, okay, is it is it going to make people sicker? No, it's just going to, you know, more people are going to get it. Okay, what are the symptoms? Uh, kind of like a mild cold. Mild cold. Oh, um, so not... Not big hospitalization risk, symptomatic of a mild cold, and no increased risk of death compared to what we're already dealing with? Yes. And your answer to that is panic. Yeah. That's, that, or an idiot. Well, like I said, generating fear is really the only thing that our government and our media do well. And so, you know, they're kind of like the hammer and everything's a nail. So they're just creating fear at, at literally every turn they possibly can. I know. Remember the murder it's hornets? It's amazing to watch. Remember the murder hornets? Oh, I miss the murder hornets. It was such a such a peaceful time during the murder hornets aspect. I know. We skipped right over them like it wasn't even a thing. And, and, and we talked about this when the Delta variant was coming around. So variants tend to be one of two things, either much more deadly or, or you know, as they mutate, they become one of two things. They become more deadly which usually kills off their host quicker, and then they, be, they die out, or they become less deadly, more contagious, so that they can, that this is the virus, you know, they're, they're trying to survive. So they're, gonna try to, they're not trying to kill their host, because when their host dies, they die. And if they can just keep the host alive, but allow themselves to replicate inside the host without, you know, the host doing anything about it, the virus is going to survive and spread and do more. So these viruses tend to become less potent, if you will, and more contagious a little bit because that's how evolution would work and here we are we're, we're dealing with the same exact thing that we were discussing months ago with this brand new brand new variant it's crazy it's we've learned nothing all and this is just further evidence that all politicians have is the capacity to scare you into submission because it's all they're, they're counting on your ignorance so that they can get this and let's talk about more about what ignorance is necessary here Hey Sean, why why are we at a shortage of you know hospital workers and nursing home staff they're, right they're now? Trying to keep us sa- they're trying to keep us safer, Mister Husong, by uh, getting rid of those pesky, heathen, unclean nurses and medical staff who helped us last year. The heroes that went in every single day for eighteen months and took care of COVID patients on the front lines, and then decided, well, I don't want to get a vaccine because I don't. This doesn't make sense to me. I I haven't. I gotten COVID and I've been doing this for this long. And we said, well, you're fired because you're an idiot and you don't understand science or medicine. Yeah. Oh, well, aren't we bold? So we fired, you know, 15% of hospital staff and like 25 to 30% of nursing home staff. And now we're worried about overwhelming hospitals. I, you know, I got a great idea for a first step that could help alleviate that concern. Maybe we could allow those people to get their jobs back. No? Yeah. I, I mean, talk to your girl, Hokel. Uh, yeah, like she's 
she's going to listen. Yeah, no. You're she's my a- vaccine. What the heck was the word? I don't know. Apostles. Yes. Vaccine apostles. I need you to be my vaccine apostles, Hokel. Yeah. She's terrible. I mean, I think That's a lot the- of people had, su- had suggested that she was going to be worse than Cuomo, but she has definitely lived up to that billing. So, I mean, she just doesn't, she just doesn't grab asses. That's the only thing that she's not doing. She's not. You don't know that. Don't well, sell it short. That's what she could be. Wonder God, need- just take away the woman's, like, just because she's not a man, she can't grab a little ass? Uh, I mean. You misogynist? I, I've, as a male bartender in a winery once, I've, I know what you're talking about. Um. So anything else we Don want to talk Lennon. about this Omicron? I mean, obviously everybody is talking about it. Everybody's trying to lock up. I mean, people are shutting their borders. I mean, Australia's got the Omicron and somehow and they don't even let people in, right? So what the hell's going on here? So, um, you know, did you hear that they were, they literally had somebody took out from South Africa. They think they landed in the Netherlands or something and they made him sit on the plane for like three hours because the, 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 the announcement came mid-flight or some shit. They were basically like, oh no, we got a plane full of, Omicron coming landing in our airport, and they basically made him sit on the tarmac for three hours. Like, just we're in a literal clown world. It's crazy. That's outstanding. They all, the, all these people had to fly. They all had to go through the protocols to get on the plane. But in the mid plane, they make an announcement. And all of a sudden, they're they're heathens. It's such wacky. yeah. It's it's freaking wacky. Now you know. All right. Well, here we go. Let's let's wrap up the show here with the story of all stories. Um. I'm guessing if you're listening to the show, you're probably well aware that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, her trial has started today. I tried to call in. The uh, call-in feature is no longer working, Mr. Hughesong, so that was only for the jury selection. You cannot do it for the main trial. There was a request made, even citing Omicron as a reason for uh, the necessity of a call-in app for the public and still turned away uh, by, the, uh, by the judge. So no call-in app for the public. I would have loved to listen to that. I would have, I would have literally not done the show all day and just piped that live streamed that recording into the show for the hour. So, um, but here we are. We have Ghislaine Maxwell, as you guys all know, the terrible human being who uh, helped Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, basically, she was the procurer of uh, young girls and also engaged in these acts with Jeffrey Epstein. She is facing multiple counts. I'm going to read them for you here. Count one, conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Count two, enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Count three, conspiracy to transport minors with an intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Count four, transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Count five, sex trafficking conspiracy. Count six, sex trafficking of a minor. Counts seven and eight are perjury stemming from an allegedly false deposition testimony during a civil suit at, of uh, Virginia Jeffrey when she sued her for defamation. Uh, so she's got two perjury counts as well. So the worst of the worst of the worst. Um, we all know that Jeffrey Epstein never made it to trial. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, defense largely says that because that Jeffrey Epstein never made it to trial, that she's being used as a proxy for his trial, which... You know, um, whatever. Um, she has, you know, tried to get the thing thrown out. This thing has been delayed. This thing has been, you know, she's lawyered up. She's got endless money, and she's basically going to use every last penny of it to keep herself alive or hopes of ever getting uh, free again. But the trial starts today. 
I'm expecting, I guess, opening arguments are probably completed. That The judge said they were going to be completed by one. Obviously, we've been on the show here for an hour, and I have not uh, paid attention to that. But I've been waiting for this trial for a long time, but I'm not sure that I really want to go through it after all, Mr. Hughesong. Did I lose you? Looks like I lost Mr. Hughesong altogether. So I guess that's just me talking about talking about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. So... You guys know, I mean, she's literally probably the worst person on the planet. And uh, I don't have high expectations for evidence to come out of this trial that will uh, take down co-conspirators and other big names. I mean, you know, we can list the names and we kind of hinted at Bill Gates at the, earlier in this segment. But, I mean, you can go down, you know, there was Jean-Luc Brunel is in jail. Um, he was the uh, fashion uh, mogul guy. Um, several uh, bigwig, uh, Leon Black, Glenn Dubin, um, and Jess Daly all recently or within the last year or so all resigned from high-powered financial positions uh, because of their relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And we know about the politicians. Uh, you know, the, the Bill Clinton, the Donald Trump, both are been highlighted by both sides and the fact that Jeffrey Epstein was in the circles of so many people of power and what he was doing with these underage girls in basically keeping company with these powerful people has made it pretty obvious that he was using those girls as blackmail on those powerful people. And to what end we don't know. So I do believe that um, we will get some information from this trial. Uh, I don't, I'm not expecting bombshell after bombshell because I don't expect uh, Ghislaine to flip or do anything like that. So um, I think she's going to basically try to save herself as long as she can and save the operation more, more than anything because I'm pretty sure that uh, it doesn't stop with Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. I'm sure there's somebody else um, out there. And we can name names like Lex Wexner, who was uh, part of the uh, early development of this operation, and all the people that we just named. Um, it is not, I, like I said, I've been looking forward to the trial because I want justice to be done, but I'm not looking forward to the trial because it's going to bring up all the terrible, evil acts that these two people did. And the bigger thing, on top of all that, which is already obviously disgusting, is the fact that our intelligence agencies knew and they've known for decades they've known for for as long i mean literally known f that underage girls were being used as bribes or blackmail material for some of the most powerful people in the world that did nothing about it so we talked about the fbi for other reasons being disbanded this is the crowning jewel of the reason to for them to to not exist i mean they've known about this jeffrey epstein and what his terrible evil dues of the last 30 years and have done nothing about it. Um, you know, they're, the FBI is the one who uh, raided the Jeffrey Epstein estate in Manhattan and took all the videos and all the tapes and all the pictures, all the blackmail material, and no, nothing has come of it. Nothing has come of it. They've seen the videos and nothing has come of it. So I don't have any faith that... The authorities, the FBI, the 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 the, the, the prosecutors, the, the, the even the federal government will ever find justice. But if we can get enough of this stuff out into the 
into the public, then those people will go away. Um, they'll, they'll probably never reach or be served justice. These evildoers, uh, these co-conspirators as they're called. Um, it's literally one of the worst. It's, it's the worst story involving basically human beings that of my lifetime and probably of anybody else's lifetime. It's, it's a literally a most terrible story. So we will surely be keeping you up to date as the trial moves ahead. Uh, this is only day one. Um, I will try to give updates uh, daily if I can through the, uh, the, the the SCAP Facebook page. So pay attention there if you want to get some updates. I will definitely f- forward on any um, newsworthy uh, points that come out uh, through our Facebook page and, and, and social media. So keep, keep an eye on there if you want to get some updated uh, information. Um, I'll be paying attention to this pretty much. You know, the, the judge says they last they, they expect this to last about five, six weeks. So I'll be paying attention to it every day while it's going on. So hopefully you will too. Hopefully you will share that news with the, this trial. Um, and like I said, hopefully hopefully some justice gets a, gets gets done here, gets served. And because th- those victims, you know, you can say it's great that you know they're 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 getting compensated financially, but I mean their lives are never the same. They've never been the same, and they never will be. So <clears throat> excuse me on that note. <clears throat> Let me remind everybody again to like and share this video. Um, again, we'll be up to uh, giving uh, updates on, uh, on on this trial uh, pretty much on a daily basis. So please follow along on our social media account, either on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, if you're listening to this uh, audio version, I didn't uh, remind you guys and hassle you guys earlier, but make sure to uh, leave a rate and review. That helps us uh, get moved up into the uh, searches and uh if you want to get notified when you get new uh, videos, make sure you hit that subscription and uh, hit that notification bell to do so. And uh, until next Monday, we are hope to have Mr. Husong back in studio next Monday, live and in person. And until then, uh, have a great week and uh, stay tuned for updates on all things Ghislaine Maxwell.